0: Welcome to AM Best Audio. Artificial intelligence has been in the news a lot lately, and the insurance industry has been discussing a plethora of uses for AI and ML. I'm John Weber for Best Review Magazine, and I'm speaking today to Dave Fuge, Chief Innovation Officer for Johnson Lambert. Dave, so glad you could join us today.
1: Thanks so much, John. Glad I could be here,
0: Uh, Dave. AI feels different than other technologies of the past. And I, and I think a lot of it has to do with chat GPT and how it's just made it so tangible and easier for the average person to understand, unlike blockchain. Do you think I have it about right there?
1: Yeah, I think people can see the real world impact of what a large language model and generative AI can bring. And I think the it starts the imagination going for a lot of folks, right? You can actually try this tool, test it, and see um, conceptually what is going to happen. It's it's really kind of a, been a, really awakening for a lot of folks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so what are some of the areas that you think AI is really going to impact the insurance industry? And for that matter, where has it been having a significant impact right now?
1: Yeah. So I think for a lot of insurers, um, they've been using a lot of these technologies, maybe not the generative side for a long time, but certainly things like machine learning. Um, and I think, you know, this is going to expand upon a lot of uh, u- uh, potential use cases for insurers that they already have today. And um, you know, the biggest thing that we're seeing folks encountering is, you know, how do, we, how do we operationalize this? This thing's really cool. How do we make this part of our process? And a lot of folks are focusing on, you know, just adding it to their existing process and, and just bolting it on, if you will. And, you know, one of the things that we would advocate for and have talked a lot about to some of our clients is this is something you want to take a whole new approach to. This is so game changing that those that can kind of step back envision the process, knowing what these sorts of tools can do, um, is really going to help guide where the best implement, implementation is going to be for, for, for these companies. So it's more of an exercise, I think, for a lot of folks. You know, it's, it's cool to see the technology and see what, what, what's potentially out there, but it's more of a thought exercise for a lot of folks to say, hey, you know, what are our processes today and what could they look like with this tool involved? And then how do we get to that spot so there's plenty of places I mean from customer interaction to uh, underwriting there are plenty of places where um, you know these uh, uh, the legal side uh, where, where, where these generative AI models can can play a big role but I think it's going to be really important for folks to just step back and take a look at their processes and to begin to think about where these generative AI pieces kind of fit into what they do today
0: you know, Dave, everybody is looking at the opportunities that AI represents, but do you think there are some challenges as well?
1: Oh, yeah, I think there's big challenges. I think uh, most organizations that we talk to, large and small, um, have data quality and data consistency issues that are going to be really important to iron out before we start run into the the next major uh, large language model. So, from a, a data quality and consistency standpoint, making sure that organizations have the data ready to feed to these algorithms and that the prompts that they're giving to them are accurate and the data that they're, the, the models are learning off of is accurate is going to be great. I mean, we have a whole slew of issues around ethics and, and legality and um, those sorts of things that, that come down the line. But I think initially thinking about the quality of data that these models get trained on and, and what that means from a bias perspective. Uh, as well as from a quality response perspective, it's going to be really critical for organizations uh, to, to figure out and really start with their own data first and start cleaning that stuff up before they can begin to operationalize these
0: things. What do you think AI will mean for people working in the industry? Is it going to take away jobs or is it going to redefine jobs?
1: You know, I feel like whenever, we're, uh, whenever a new set of technologies come into place, um, a lot of people think that jobs are going to go away. And what history tells us is they don't necessarily go away, they just change. I think oftentimes that's a lot scarier for some folks than um, the, you know the, the prospect of potentially not having the same the same job um, is that their job is their job role is going to change. And that's the way I see these these things taking place. One, I think it'll take away some of the work that people don't want to do and will allow them to do more value add um, business value add items and and certainly some elevate their roles to things that, don't necessarily, um, are are necessarily things that they want to do. Um, But I think the moral of the story is, and what we've seen from, you know, just looking back over history is that these things don't necessarily eliminate jobs, they just change the type of job that is going to be required for folks to to have in
0: in the industry. And what do you think AI will mean for the customer experience? Because that's going to be such an important factor.
1: Yeah, goodness. I think this is a really interesting one. You know, folks are already um, tired of talking to the chat bot, right? The, 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 everyone, everyone's tired of going to somebody's website and seeing the chat bot. You know it's a bot. You know you know you don't want to talk to this. But you want to get to the actual person. And I think generative AI has the ability to kind of overcome that, um, where, you know, today we don't necessarily want to talk to the bot because we know the bot's not going to give us what we want. But actually using a generative model and, and replacing those sorts of things, I think it's going to be really interesting for folks to um, kind of interact with and not be able to tell whether it's an actual person or not. Today, it's pretty easy to tell. And I think the technologies are going to, um, from a customer-facing perspective, make it difficult for people to understand if they're actually talking to a bot or are they actually talking to an actual person. Um, and so I think from that perspective, it's going to be, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how how folks are, are uh, taking that. But I think most folks don't want to talk to the bot today because... It's not really intelligent enough. I think that's you know version 2.0 leveraging the the large language models are going to be uh, a whole, a whole different story.
0: And, and, you know Dave, you touched on it a little bit, but I want to ask what are some of the ethical and security concerns that arise with the use of AI and insurance and and how should the industry address those?
1: Yeah, for me, it boils down to the data, right The, the data that these models are trained on uh, is foundational in terms of being able to make decisions. If you're counting on these, These large language models to make decisions, the data that goes into those large language models needs to represent the actual truth and not necessarily a biased truth that the organizations might unconsciously have. And that's something that um, is is going to be a real challenge. And again, that comes down to the bedrock portion of having the the data in a good position to be able to to teach these large language models and um, insurance companies' own uh, implementations of those large language models in a way such that it actually presents the right answer. It can give an answer, but being able to prove that answer is the right answer is gonna be difficult without that sort of paper trail and knowing what sort of um, data this thing has been, has been trained on. There are, you know, of course, uh, security concerns using the public large language models today. Um, you know, there are several models out there, whether it's the uh, Anthropics Claude or OpenAI's um, ChatGPT. Uh, Google's barred you know sending information to these without appropriate agreements in place, vetting the the security controls that, uh, and the, the sharing controls within these organizations prior to putting information in their platforms is is a risk um, for everyone today and I think being clear about how um, data can and cannot be shared with these large language models is going to be crucial for organizations going forward um, because if they whether they know it or not, their people are most likely using some of these these tools to help them do their jobs today. So being open and transparent about how you can control the type of data that goes in there and, and setting expectations and policies, as well as other maybe potential technological controls to restrict their ability to do this, it's going to be important for organizations to evaluate. You want to make sure that you're not um, exposing data that you don't want to expose to a third party.
0: It's going to be fascinating to see. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Absolutely, John. Thank you. Anytime.
0: That was Dave Fuge, Chief Innovation Officer Johnson Lambert, and I'm John Weber for Best Review Magazine.